Today on Life Talks, we read someone else's mail. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> that's a is great. That... <laughs> hey, that's have you not... seen these? Um, have you seen the, the the trend where you explain something poorly, like explain the job you do poor, poorly or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So setting up this setting up this podcast today, it's uh, a church member gets angry about how church is going, so he writes a strong a strongly worded letter. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> so we are in a brand new series here at Life Fellowship. We started this past Sunday. We're going to be in it. Till August, so if you're hearing this podcast a few weeks from now, it's yeah. okay. It's yeah. still a good primer for the That's rest right. of the series. So That's we're in the right. book of Galatians. Mm. The first half of the series, so it's going to be broken up into two parts. Right. Part one is called The Pure Gospel, mm-hmm. running through June 11th, and then we'll begin a, a second half um, leading through August. Uh, to be named later. Not sure what we're yes. going to name that. And but, maybe, maybe it'll yeah. just be to, to be named later, TBA. <laughs> so, um, well, anyway, we thought we would do a podcast. Dan, I'm, I'm uh, Britt sitting in with uh, Pastor Ben. Dan is out on the mission field right. this week. So we thought yeah. this would be a great opportunity to just kind of do a big overview of yeah. Galatians, talk about yeah. the series and the book as a whole. And uh, maybe even uh, you can get to a few things that you know you won't be able to get to yeah. uh, from the pulpit on a Sunday morning, but uh, we can kind of... Yeah, I think these we've done these last few series we've done because I believe that there's a you just there's time the, the great the great uh benefit of having uh the podcast like this is you can talk about things that you can't get to on a sunday yeah, morning yeah so what you know the the a lot of the historical background why we're doing this series i think um i've been able to share that in bits and pieces but just not in a in-depth way the way i i would love to uh Talk, talk about it in the, in the fullness of it. So gl- yep. glad we can do this. Yep. And so Galatians, it's a letter of Paul's yeah. that he was writing. And I would say that this letter, it, it's one of his more... I don't want, he's not angry, but it's definitely one of his more contentious letters he, of, yeah. hey, look, you guys are... This isn't cool. Like, I know. We got to change some he things. He uses some really strong language in this, in this letter, like you said. And it's because he feels um, desperate. There's a desperation he feels. Um, it's the one letter, and we're going to be preaching on it this up- upcoming Sunday. When after his introduction, he says, "I'm astonished." Like, so that's what he, how he begins. It's almost like, <laughs> "How dare you?" I'm, that, that's... I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Right? Is that where is that where he's going? So, so, unbelievable, I, you guys. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, and if you look at every single one of Paul's letters, there's always a uh, kind of a introduction and a thanksgiving i thank god for you and, and even if it's a small one like the church of corinth it's a small yeah, you know yeah. you've caused me a lot of problem but but i'm still thankful for this he doesn't do that with with the, this these churches he doesn't do it at all. he doesn't say anything of i'm thankful for this for your for your faith he's just kind of like i i'm shocked right now he doesn't use the good management sandwich of nice <laughs> mean no, nice does he, he no just... <laughs> in fact some of the other things he says uh in this passage in even the first chapter he's like if anyone's preaching a different gospel um you know let him be accursed and that we read that and we're like oh let him be accursed what is it he's literally saying and and i'm i'm not swearing i'm just telling you what this word means uh anathema in in greek it basically means god damn you to hell mm. I'm not swearing. I'm just saying I want God to damn your soul to hell. And he's saying it literally. He's not using it as a um, kind of I'm I'm using this as an expression because I'm angry. No, he's really saying that the word that word means I curse you uh, for punishment. In fact, uh, if you remember the podcast we recorded just a couple weeks ago about the Canaanite conquest, this word is the same word used that Moses uses when they're translating the Old Testament into Greek. 
This is the Greek word that he says, devote them to destruction. Really? Wipe them out. This is the same Greek word. And so when you realize that, you're like, this is when you say strong language, there's a reason for this. I mean, later on in the book, he's like, I wish the people that were teaching you to circumcise yourselves would just castrate themselves. Mm. Like that's that's the strong language he's using right now. So so the church today, though, can't, I, I say can't, doesn't use that kind of language because if you did... It, there would be just a massive blowback. <laughs> you know, if you were to say, hey, this group of people or this church that is just pure heresy right yeah. now, that accursed them. Yeah. Like, we, uh, yeah, we, it's very interesting. Should we still, should we still have that same type of attitude towards I people think, who are abusing the gospel? Yes. I think we should have the same standards of truth that Paul had. And, and again, sometimes you're, what we're reading is of some raw emotion. Mm-hmm. If you look at the book of Galatians, which is a, a treatise on the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's writing to a specific uh, occasion, which we'll get into a little bit more deeper. But it's, he, you can sense there's a, there's a tone that's used that's, that's desperate. There's a tone that's used that, that's frustrated. Um, and he's got to make sure that they get this right mm-hmm. now. If you look at the book of Romans, Romans carries a lot of the similar themes, expands on them a little bit more. It's much more theological. It's much more academic. Um, it's not, it doesn't carry the rushed and the emotion to it as Galatians does. So you, in some ways you get to see the human side or the humanness of a guy that's like, uh, oh my goodness, you, like, you're this close to jumping off the deep end. And I, I, I don't want to see the churches I've just started completely be destroyed yeah so you you sense there's a um i it was interesting i you you and i just met my friend kenny he was here visiting and he's planting a church over in uh the other side of the lake in in uh, the denver area and so we were just talking about it and we were talking about when you plant a church there's in some in some way you you view it it feels to you almost like a child Mm. like one of your children yeah i could see that and so when you when Paul's writing, he's writing as a parent who is desperate to not see one of his children become corrupted by the error of false doctrine, and so that's why you see this tone that he has. But but I you know speaking to your, what, should we use that kind of language? Um, maybe if we feel like I've got to get someone's attention, and I'm not going to be. It's not he's not being crass. He's not being obnoxious he's just using very strong verbal language to make sure they get the point that their souls are at stake yeah and that's and really god's glory is at stake that's mm-hmm. why we do it it's not something personal i think a lot of times we use we reserve strong language for people because of me i'm feeling offended or i'm feeling that no paul's feeling this way because of the the honor and the glory and the the good news of jesus christ is at stake here and that's why he's so Verbose. It's coming from the heart. He cares about Absolutely. these people. He, he truly wants to yeah. see them come to know Jesus. Yeah, yeah, or or follow him the way he yes. intended. Let me put it that way. Exactly. So, so let me just back up a little bit and talk about the story because this was written in a historical moment. Um, either Galatians or First Thessalonians was the first letters that Paul wrote. But if you go to the read the book of Acts from chapters nine when Paul's conversion. Um, uh, or is it eight? I can't remember, but it's it's right in that, around that time from his conversion. Uh, he goes off, and then he he starts working in in Antioch, and God does some really cool things there, and God calls out Barnabas and and Paul to go plant churches, and so you see his first missionary journeys in chapters thirteen and fourteen of fourteen of Acts, where they're planting all these churches, and then 
what happens is they go back to Antioch and they hear about, man, there's some trouble brewing on some doctrine that's being taught in these churches. And so Paul and Barnabas are called to Jerusalem, the Council of Jerusalem, which is in Acts 15. And they're present, they present their arguments of, hey, what are you really teaching these people? Mm-hmm. Because we hear you're not teaching them the Bible. And he lays out their argument. No, we have taught them the fullness of the gospel. We're just not telling them that they've got to become Jews. And so Acts 15 is this long uh, description of the, what happens in the council. And the council agrees. They side not with the Judaizers, but they side with Paul and Barnabas and say, no, what you've taught them is the is the good news. It's It should not be... You're teaching them a good message. Um, and so the Judaizers, which are on the other side of this, are people, okay, so what do we mean by Judaizers? These are people, they're, they're not disgruntled Jews from the synagogue who don't like what Paul's doing. All right, there's enough of those too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they... These are people, when I say Judaizers, these are people who would say, I believe that Jesus was the Messiah. I believe he died on the cross and I believe he rose from the dead. Okay, all yeah, they're yeah, checking the box. Yeah, yeah they got it. But what they are, what they're also saying is, um, if you really want to be faithful to to the Bible, if you want to be faithful to God, if you want to be considered the true people of God, you've got to not just put your faith in Jesus, but you've got to, you know, put yourself under the law of Moses. Mm. Because if you don't, it's a you're it's a it's a it's a perversion of of the Bible. It's a perversion of what God wants. And so, um, you know, they are. They are zealous for the law. They're zealous for the Bible, which, you know, you think that's not a bad thing. But what they're doing is they're changing the gospel to accommodate their cultural beliefs. Yeah, it's a Jesus and It's thing. Jesus plus my circumcision. It's Jesus plus the Old Testament law. So these people are coming into these churches and saying, well, wait a second, Paul didn't teach you about Moses? He didn't teach you about the Ten Commandments? He didn't teach you about being circumcised? Well, let me just show you right here in the Bible what, what we've been studying and reading. Yeah, we believe that Jesus is Messiah, but let me show you what it's what we've been practicing for hundreds and if not thousands of years, and this is how we are truly faithful to God. And so you can't really be the full people of God until you do all of the things that the Bible says. Now, does that argument sound compelling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you could understand why they would be feeling like, oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. Why, why would we not follow these yeah. scriptures anymore? I mean, if it's in the Bible... Yeah. Then maybe this is a, this as this is as important as trusting in Jesus, and so um, you know they they were. I think what the Judaizers were feeling was they were feeling the sense of because you got to put yourself into their shoes. Okay, why would they care so much? I think what they felt was, hey, we're hearing from their other non quote unquote Jesus following friends. We hear that your group, the Jesus followers, are telling Gentiles that they can convert to, to, to your Messiah and not observe the law. And so now they're on the defensive. Wait a second. No, we believe that the law is good. We believe that the, the old covenant that God gave Abraham, like that's from God. And so they're caught between this, we do not believe this bastardized version of of what it means to be the people of God should go on any longer. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're doing it for the sake of their cultural comforts, but they're also doing it because they believe if we're going to reach all the Jews, because their focus was, I got to reach all the Jews. They could have cared less about the Gentiles. They cared about the Jews being converted to the Messiah. And if they're going to hear that, that these Gentiles could convert without 
circumcised without circumcision or observing the practices of the Old Testament or the rituals that this is this is madness. No one, no Jew now is going to hear about this and want to become a follower of Jesus the Messiah. So again, you can understand the the intellectual reasoning in their mind being like, we've got to go change what Paul's saying. We've got to make sure we tell them everything. So so Paul is hearing about this and he's saying, no, 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 it is Jesus alone. It is Christ alone that that saves us. It is his death and his resurrection. So even though they believed, even though these Judaizers believed in the historical facts of these things, and even though they might have believed that Jesus really was the Messiah, they were still placing their faith and trust in what they were doing to make themselves right before God. And that was the major issue. How much uh, Paul, I mean, has passed, obviously, he was sticking to the law. Absolutely. Do you, do you think that plays into him writing this of like, guys, this is dangerous to stay stuck Absolutely. in just that? Yeah. I think it's interesting how God used a Jewish Pharisee to be the to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you usually would think like, if I want to reach this people group, I got to, you know, call people from that people group to reach that people group. It is it is the exact opposite of of what that is. And Paul, you know, culturally, traditionally would have aligned with a lot of these Judaizers, and I think that's why he's so passionate because he's saying, no, they have they've got it all wrong. They're mixing in two messages. They're mixing in two faith yeah. systems. Yeah. And because you're mixing in these two faith systems, you're corrupting the one true faith system and it's none of it's good. And so, yeah, I think I think his background lent gave him that passion to say, I was so jacked up in my own mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. system. Jesus saved me from that. And I don't want anyone to hear a different gospel message that can save them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, it negates Jesus' work on the cross to, to come in and for him 100%. to come and fulfill the law yes. for you to 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 adhere to it the way they were trying yes. to as well. Yes. Um we were I knew we were talking about Galatians today and uh I went and read back through it again. I read through it when you initially yeah. said yeah. that we were gonna have this uh we were gonna start this series and then I was like this morning I was just gonna read through it again and I found I haven't used this Bible um, to read Galatians again. And what the Bible that I'm holding, it's a study Bible that um, my wife had bought me a long time ago, but it's got mm. large margins and everything yeah, so I yeah. can take some notes yeah, and different yeah. stuff in it. Um, and so I went back here and just what we're talking about, the faith and works and everything. Yeah. I wrote this note and I don't. I wish I had dated it because I don't remember when I yeah. did it. It's probably been seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, but I wrote, all are saved by faith in Jesus. Christ died for no reason if I can be saved by works or by being good. That is not the case. Hmm. Only faith in Jesus saves. Hmm. We then do good from that faith. That's right. This life is no longer mine. It is Jesus who is in me. He guides me. He leads me. I need to let him. Hmm. I wrote, th- and I read that this morning when I was, and I was like, wow, that was pretty. That <laughs> you was summarized it right there. You summarized it right there. Eight year ago, me or That's however right. long was pretty insightful. That's right. I like that. I love that. And I think that what you said right there, the second part, because Paul really the first part is all about you cannot corrupt the purity of the gospel yeah. again, right? The first four chapters, he is making sure there's a hard line between the law and the and grace, mm-hmm. that there's a hard line between the law and the cross of Jesus, that we're not going to mix in the law with the gospel to, to corrupt it in any way. But one of, one of the arguments against Paul was what they were saying is, well, if you don't give them the law, what keeps them, like you said, now living according yeah. to the righteousness of God, yeah. right? If we're declared righteous, and again, this is a 
another perversion of the gospel is, hey, once you just say this prayer and accept Jesus and <laughs> go on your merry way, buddy, you got your ticket. And and that's not genuine salvation either, because what we're saying is if there's true genuine faith and repentance, Paul makes the argument, and this is in chapters five and six, that there is even a greater um, compelling in our souls to live righteously. Mm-hmm. And it's not has nothing to do with because I've got this this list of rules I've got to keep. It's because we now have the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that now changes us. And so he talks about the, even though Jesus talked about the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, right? He ta- does that in, in, the, in the Beatitudes. What he's saying is there is some there's a greater way, there's a greater path of righteousness that is greater than the law and it comes from the spirit. It means that I don't need a list of rules anymore. Yeah. Because if I have the Holy Spirit that's freeing me to to live this way, and if I truly understand how loved I am, then my my I'm going to be compelled to want to live for Him and to show Him my love. And that's going to lead to even a greater righteousness than the law could even provide. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, a, a great point because, I mean, I don't cheat on my wife because a rule tells me not to. I do it because I love her. hundred percent. And I respect her. That's right. And that's the same thing with this. If that's we truly right. love you, we're going to naturally do these yes. things that bring love and kindness and yes. safety and help. And it'll just be there yes. if you truly love versus a list of rules that's telling right. you not to. That's right. And, and I, th- so that leads me to the last few minutes we have. The reason why I I feel like you know I always pray about God. What is what is it that you're wanting us to 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 learn about? And um, you know God brought Galatians to mind, and it it's because I believe that the gospel is on, under attack. It's mm. always under attack. Um, but I I think one of the things that the gospel is under attack in a massive way today is with this idea of pluralism in our culture. And I'm going to be talking about that again this Sunday. But the idea, pluralism, is the belief that listen, all, all, all faith systems are equal. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. three major errors that most people fall into when it comes to the gospel, um, at least in the zeitgeist of of today. It is pluralism. Hey, everyone's okay. You just kind of meet. You know, we're all there, God's at the top of the pyramid, and you just find your side of yeah, the pyramid. You want to walk to up. To there's the different ways to get ending, there, yeah. right? It's the Oprah version. That's that's one way. The other another uh, corruption is universalism. The idea that hey, you can believe what you want to believe, but at the end of the day, Jesus died for everyone's sins. Therefore, everyone's going to make it because you know God saves everyone. And the last one is inclusivism, and this is the idea that Jesus's death in blood. Are, are provisions that that are over that that extend to even other religions, okay? Mm. So if it's this inclusivism that says you can be a if you, as long as you're a sincere Muslim, Jesus is going to cover that. As long as you're a sincere Buddhist, Jesus is going to cover that nice, as well. Nice right? guy. So it's it's a it's a form of universal. I yeah. mean, it's kind of a it's a corrupted version of universalism. But it's the idea that. We're, we're not denying the blood and the death of Jesus, but what we're saying is you don't necessarily have to worship Jesus or even go to Jesus to, to apply his salvation. I share all that to say every when, when I the the generations that we're now that are now occupying most of America, we want a we want an inclusive and, and pluralistic gospel. We don't want to ever tell someone what you believe is wrong. Right or what yeah. you believe is not true, because what we believe is if I tell someone that they're not ro- that they're not right or that they're wrong, they're going to think I hate them, and that's the 
farthest thing from the truth. We've got to make sure that we understand the gospel. I, I gave these five questions on Sunday that we can we understand the gospel, we believe the gospel, we can articulate the gospel, we can defend the gospel, and that the gospel is changing our lives. Um, what I'm fearing is that we're, we're there's a generation of young people and even Christians today that would affirm the tenets of the gospel, but what they don't affirm is that that's the only way. Yeah, that there is. Yeah, we're. I'm glad that that G, Jesus just works for me. But you can find something as long as you're sincere. And I think that that's a major issue that we're dealing with. I think the other issue, what we talked about just briefly, is I don't think a lot of Christians know how the gospel is used in their, how God uses the gospel to transform their lives. As I mentioned this last week, that he says that he has delivered us from, our, from this present evil age, the reality that the gospel can transform us today, and he does transform us today. There's a power that comes from the gospel that is about changing how I live today. And we've got to learn how to do that. I think the last two chapters of Galatians are some of the most um, interesting, useful, powerful scriptures ever written that teach us as human beings or teach us as followers of Jesus, how do I overcome my sin? How do I over? How do I overcome the addiction? How do I overcome the sin in my life, the practical sin in my life? And that's what I'm super excited to be able to teach on as well. That, man, as much as if you don't get the first half right, there's no there's no chance for the second mm, half. Yeah. So you got to make sure you get the gospel right, so that the the power of the gospel can be applied in the right way to truly lead to transformation. And you know, the church, you know, we're close to the same age. The church when we were growing up, I believe, did a disservice because yeah. Jesus was about heaven. That's right. And that was it. That's it. Are, if you die, are 100%. you going to go to heaven? That's right. Because if you're not, pray this magic prayer as you said earlier. <laughs> we did leave out the live for him now. Yeah. Live yeah. for him today. Yeah. Do it the right way That's right. today. That's right. And they, they miss that. So, right. so we do need to bring that back into the church. 100%. And you pointing out all of these uh, universalism and everything else, you know, we were just talking to, to somebody here on staff about Hitler and all of those leave out justice. 100%. If everything you said is accurate, Hitler's in heaven. Yeah. Do you want that? <laughs> is Are you okay with that? Because, yeah. because technically he would have found a loophole. Yeah. Well, and it's it's true of every you know every human being that you think it, at the end of the day, one of the things that every human being wants is justice, mm-hmm. right? We all want justice at some level, even though our sense of justice is always perverted. Of course, I think that the gospel is the only thing that provides the justice and the grace that our hearts crave, mm-hmm. and that's why we've got to make sure we understand the pure gospel. Yeah, so. Yeah. The pure gospel. The pure gospel. Great segue to end it yeah. there. So we're in the book of Galatians through August. So make sure you read through it. It's only six chapters. It's not yeah. super long. You can yep. you can you Absolutely. can do it in one sitting. Yep. Um, read through it multiple times. If always, if you miss a, a, a message on a Sunday morning, you can grab it on YouTube. Mm. One 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 of our podcasts. Make sure you're sticking with the series all the way through. Um, but that does it for this episode yeah. and uh, uh, just a, a overview and preview of the book of Galatians. And we hope to see you at Life Fellowship on Sunday morning so you can hear more. Until next time, this has been Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.